1: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
0: Okay, good stuff. I'm doing a cool thing. I'm doing a cool new thing I invented. What? It's called Oh Wow. One Wine, One Water? One Wine, One Water, but here's the thing. The kind of water I'm doing is seltzer. Mm-hmm. Just throw it in right with the wine to have a little spritzer. That's not Oh Wow. Oh Wow. Oh Wow. Oh
1: Wow. In 86... And M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. now it's time The Babysitter's Club, Club. Do you want to hear a Texas horror story? Sure. Is it about scorpions, tornadoes, flash floods, front night lights? Do you remember when you were here visiting And a wasp-like creature attacked us at my front door.
0: Yeah, he was menacing us. He was menacing us. He wouldn't let us leave the house. Okay. We had to leave through the back door and sneak around the front and get in your car quickly.
1: Here's part two of that saga. Okay. Yesterday, I went outside, as you and I did the one time that that wasp menaced us, and I was once again menaced by the very same wasp.
0: I don't think wasps have that long of a lifespan.
1: I think that they live longer than 2 weeks. Here's the next part of the story. I went outside like a very brave boy anyway, and the wasp eventually gave up and moved away, but I noticed that he or she was like particularly interested in this one part of the of the screen door, which is where like the same place that he had been kind of gravitating towards when you and I saw him, and what I saw there was a a construct of some kind, uh,
0: forerunner technology, or kind of like the whatever race was here before humans.
1: Oh yeah, it it felt very much like that. It looked made by uh, something that had intent. So, so like kind of biomechanical, yeah, organic it, tech. It was a biomass. Okay, a biomass of some kind, but
0: with some kind of structure. But some a kind stru-
1: of- structure, yeah, it yeah. was as if made by an architect, right. Uh and so uh Sarah my wife said kill the wasp.
0: No you guys are uh, animal loving
1: vegans. I would not. I would not. Yeah. I would not do that. But like a very brave boy I decided to remove the biomass that was attracting the wasp to my door. It's like a gray organic structure that looks like it looks like ash like barbecue ash that has congealed somehow. Okay. Into a biomass I attacked it with a broom and it f- it flaked off of my screen door not, onto the not very veranda. like of you it was Christ like I saved i let the wasp live but I attacked the biomass I didn't know what it fucking was
0: Christ never like went into some money lender's temple and uh, <laughs> broke it up
1: <laughs> he literally did Tanner no. so it shows what you know. Here's the the crux of my tale now. I want to tell you what fell to the floor as I attacked this okay. biomass with my broom. Okay. Bits of the flaky organic structure fell to the floor. That's to be expected. But then all of these desiccated white spiders started falling like rain onto my veranda, one after the other. Just these like these it's like spiders but it's like all the juice was gone out of them somehow and they were white and they were just were they
0: living or were they husks
1: i'm going to get to that they lay there motionless on the floor as i made some 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 noises of terror but continued to attack the biomass and then finally a tiny little larva squirming larva fell to the floor as well and With my last uh, hit of the broom, I hit something that was, that like had meat in it, and it like splashed blood across the screen door. And then I swept all of these like spider creatures onto the side of my porch. Okay. I researched this shit. You want to know what that was? It's called a dirt dauber wasp. And what they do when they lay their little fucking larva eggs, they go and like fight spiders out in the wild and paralyze them and bring the living paralyzed spiders back to the nest and trap them inside it and wait for the larva to hatch and eat them alive. That's what, like, was
0: the meaty, what was the meaty chunk?
1: I think it was like a newly caught spider that still had its like, its, like organs and flesh inside it that was just mm. sitting there paralyzed inside the nest.
0: You know what that sounds like?
1: Like a fucking nightmare, and like I need to move back to New York. Like like ASAP. a vor
0: fetishist's <laughs> a wettest wet dream. I th- I think I think.
1: <laughs> you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like there is no god.
0: Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. And had I known that that playful wasp <laughs> yeah. that I encountered was was such a abomination against everything beautiful in this world, yeah. I would have left a day earlier rather than a day late, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would have I would have fucking left with you. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. From my recent history? I visited you in Austin, mm-hmm. and three days later, I got back on a plane and flew to Minnesota. didn't even unpack really i I like unpacked my dirty clothes, but kept like my toiletries and everything in my in my suitcase
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, flew to Minnesota my my homeland for a cousin's wedding uh-huh. I, I unpacked all my stuff i put my toiletry bag out by the sink uh went in to grab my toothbrush and uh guess what i came across
1: jack <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea like some deodorant in there or
0: there's like deodorant in there your yeah, razors yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe razor was like in there your, yeah your razors were uh, blunt
1: and it was annoying someone to shave for the had
0: order. packed a wandering frog person <laughs> into my toiletry bag and I transported it uh thousands of miles to New York and then thousands of miles back to Minnesota
1: yeah I was speculating about that today and it occurred to me that it was possible that you would transport that bag all around the world for the next year or two before you decided to yeah
0: I travel a lot for work so (laughs) there's there's a chance that could have ended up like going on an unofficial world
1: tour but well it looks like uh we got a new a new loser in the uh wandering frog people game it's me that's uh that's what you get for uh for trusting it's me. okay
0: because no one updates the leaderboard anymore so it's fine
1: <laughs> oh yeah i should update the leaderboard hey tanner hi 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 and welcome to the babysitter's club club, club. a podcast in which i jack Shepard. And I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own princess, Anne Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Sanctified, Stormwalker, Bat's Bane, Soul Skinner. Yes. This week we read a book called Stacy's Big Crush. Um, yes. And despite being a Stacy book, it was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Speaking of vor fetish. No, oh, that's what okay. this book
1: was about. <laughs> no, it wasn't.
0: Yeah, Stacy develops like a crushing war fetish. <laughs> she meets this python man who is like a substitute teacher at her school and mm-hmm. uh, has like some elaborate fantasies about being swallowed alive by him and kind of slowly crushed by his his membranes and <laughs> his muscles.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a real tour de force. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a I, departure for sure, but <laughs> breath of fresh air. Yeah, it felt it felt like it was prepared for by the the previous sixty five books. Yeah, no, Tanner, that's not what happened. I read novel. it last week. Yeah, uh,
0: so I've kind of lost track of what happened, but um, that's what I remember.
1: Well, fortunately, we've got a we've got a hit segment on the show where we both describe the book. Should we? Uh, you want to you want to dive into that? Uh, I guess we don't have anything
0: else we want to discuss.
1: I mean, You're I have running a told a very long story. Oh, I'm wearing a I'm wearing a tank. I, everyone's wearing. Well, I was gonna say everyone's wearing tank tops here in Austin, but that's actually not the case. I'm wearing tank tops, and I think if I do it for long enough, everyone's gonna follow suit. Tanner, we must we must talk about this novel. the Stacy's big crush. This big <laughs> crush. Um, how about I describe the book? The we'll we'll ease into it by actually describing. You know, it's a good actually. You could do, in this book.
0: play that song. Um. Pompeii by Bastille cuz all those people in Pompeii got crushed by ash. Mm-hmm. And you think everyone so, will
1: kind of immediately uh, get that connection. So when you said what you should do is play that song by Pompeii, what you meant is you were going to you're just going to sing it and just layer that over. Let me talk. Let me describe. We don't have this. rights to the song. No, we don't have rights to the song. Oh, so I'll just, I'll just layer over you saying ha-ho-ha-ho, ha, ho. and everyone, <laughs> yeah. everyone, all of the listeners, according to your theory here, just tell me if I've got this right, all of the listeners are going to hear you saying ha-ho-ha-ho ha, ho, and say, oh, what a clever reference. That song is called Pompeii. In Pompeii, everyone was crushed. This novel is called Stacy's Big Crush. That's what you think is yeah. going to happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. We'll, do, we'll try that um i'm gonna describe this book i th- we'll throw it to the guys in post <laughs> Yeah, god i hope that's not me um <laughs> i'm gonna describe this book then you're gonna describe this book nothing will stop me are you ready i'm not interested in stopping you <laughs> okay good it doesn't seem like it we've I'm been recording
0: s- for 18 minutes we should we should really get to the, the book recap part
1: <laughs> i'm trying so hard to do that tanner you have no idea i would like to begin now and i'm going to yeah Okay, good. I didn't need your approval. I just needed a pause, okay? I'm going to start now. Good. No, nope, just don't, don't say anything so I can start. I'm going to begin now. Yep. <laughs> Stacy McGill has two loves. The good-natured, attentive, and above all, safe Sam Thomas, who she's been dating on and off for almost a year, and the gorgeous, mysterious, and dangerous Wesley Ellenberg, who has never expressed much interest in her, but whose meaningful eyes seem to promise romance and adventure if she can only get him to notice her. But the one thing Stacy isn't counting on when she turns her back on Sure Thing Sam for the uncertain waters of Wesley Ellenberg is that Wesley has a love of his own. A deep, pure, and unshakable love of not dating someone from middle school and then presumably going to prison. Will Stacy do the sensible thing and knock it off? Or will she make a giant fool of herself, like usual? And will there be a goat in this book? Find out the answers in Stacy's Big Crush. <laughs> there was a goat in this book, and it
0: was so good. It was such a good goat. Her name was Ivira. She was a little baby goat, and she oh. was so good. Baby Nation goat is my favorite animal. Yeah, mine too now. Number 1 with a bullet. I love goats. I've always wanted one. I want to I want to start a goat farm. I told Jack I would move to Austin if he
1: can promise me that I can have two goats. Yeah. Yeah, this goat was a fucking star turn. And you know who brought it in? You know who decided it would be a good idea to have a goat character in this book? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be my boy, Pete. Pete Laranjus. Pete Laranjus. Can I you-
0: read you the passage in this book where I realized that this was definitely a Pete Laranjus Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all talking about um, Wes Ellenberg, mm-hmm. the new substitute teacher who Stacy has a crush on. Uh, the new one's name is Wesley Baconburger, Claudia went on. Claudia. I couldn't help giggling. I could tell I was going to get no sympathy. It's Ellenberg. <laughs> Who's Ellen Berg? That was Christy Thomas's voice. She just come through the door, followed by Jesse Ramsey and Mallory Pike. Stacy's new math teacher, Claudia replied. Do you like her? Mallory asked. No, it's a he, I protested. A guy named Ellen? Jesse said. <laughs> I don't believe this. I threw up my hands. Claudia, this is your fault. God, it's like a- uh, <laughs> There's just so much in there. It's like a it's like a a, a run from Frasier. <laughs> Yeah, they Did get you with bacon You can see Niles and Fraser Crane kind of having this <laughs> witty back and forth.
1: Yeah, that's fucking brilliant. That that's that's perfect comedy writing. It's just yeah. layers upon layers of joke. Uh, bacon burger, Ellen, uh, and the characters are revealed through the jokes. Stacy's an idiot. Right, Christie's so's Claudia. Claudia's not not the the brightest bulb. Christie is is luminescent. Um, did you notice another nice thing about uh Pete larangis today? That um he uh
0: Yeah. His son, I assume, Nick
1: Larangis, was the book was dedicated to him. Special thanks to Nicholas Larangis for his rendition of The Three Billy Goats Gruff. Um now, I can tell you from having read this book that the Three Billy Goats Gruff as performed by the Pike children in this novel was right. just the story of The Three Billy Goats Gruff. Right. So it's nice that Pete loves his son Nick a lot, but I'm not sure Nick deserves credit for the fucking fairy tale The Three Billy Goats Gruff.
0: Oh, you should see the way Nick Loran just tells this story, (laughs) man.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. He's just a real storyteller.
0: (laughs) It's like when Robert Zumeckis retold Beowulf via the medium of 3D CGI film. Uh uh-huh. and it was like, oh man, I didn't think Beowulf could be any better. <laughs> I but certainly then didn't. Zemeckis like did the damn thing,
1: <laughs> you know? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you remember Beowulf 3D? Yeah, yeah, he introduced the the great Anglo-Saxon poem to tens of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that
0: movie did pretty well. Do you want me to look it up?
1: <laughs> no, not really. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. I'm down to talk about Beowulf, man. Fucking crazy old Hrothgar. <laughs> 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 that dude. Oh, Hrothgar. you know what I can do for you? Here's what I can do for you while you're looking it up on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What? We got dinner. 71%. That's fresh. That Certified fresh. is the first... Line of Beowulf. I got that just in my dome. It means we the Spear Danes. It means listen, we the Spear Danes.
0: It was written
1: by Neil Gaiman. No, it wasn't. It was written by the author of Beowulf. In no,
0: I mean the 2007 3D cinematic release was written by Neil Gaiman. Okay,
1: directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Sounds like a classic, Tanner. I feel like we desperately need to be talking about this novel. Oh, and you know how we're going to do that. I'm going to keep you on task because you, st- you still owe me a fucking description. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock right now, and you're going to begin. You're going to start right now. 60 seconds. Describe it.
0: Don and Marianne meet this lady named Mrs. Stone. She's a farmer. She lives on the outskirts of town. She has a whole farm full of rescue animals. She's headed out of town, but she has a new baby goat named Elvira. Elvira's beautiful. Everyone loves her. All the kids in the town love her. Marianne and Don love her. They agree to take care of Elvira for a week. All the kids get into hijinks with the goats. Uh, the goat keeps escaping and eating trash, uh, and the Don and Marianne have to go find him and like find her and be like, ah, oh, stop that, Elvira. At the end, um, the Pike kids put on a play starring Elvira. It's the Three Billy Goats Gruff. Elvira plays the biggest goat, uh, which is counterintuitive, uh, but it goes off without a hitch. Everyone seems to love it. Yeah. Um, Elvira eventually goes back to Mrs. Stone and Marianne's very sad about it. Uh Stacy falls in love with her her substitute school teacher, his name is Wes Ellenberg. Uh she admits his love to him. She admits her love to him and he's not into it
1: because and he's twenty two. She's thirteen. You want credit for that? You want me to? You want me to be pleased with you for what you did? Yeah, I did a good job. I hit the A plot
0: really hard. And I hit the B plot no. like is I gave the B plot all the attention it deserved. No,
1: you talked about the fucking goat the whole time, and I love the goat. The goat as much was as the
0: most important part
1: of this book, Jack. I love the goat. This book is about Stacy's big crush on. That was boring, Wesley Ellenberg. I thought it was pretty fucking interesting, tbh. The goat was the best part. Wesley Ellenberg is quite a character. He's a, a handsome substitute teacher. He's he's a he's a student te- He's a uh,
0: student teacher.
1: He's a student teacher, but he's like a graduate student.
0: Right, at Stony Brook Community College. Whew. He's going for his PhD In mathematics. In the complicated mathematics. At at Stony Brook Community College. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's like a hell of a program they have there at Stony Brook Community College. Yeah, no, I'm impressed. Stacy, in describing Janine, talks about her uh, major that she's going to do, and she just says that it is calculus and advanced everything. Um, So it does seem like like, uh, Stony Brook Community College fucking get shit done
0: you know there's a real stony brook university that's a somewhat prestigious school
1: this is let's not let's not fucking venture into long island territory my man
0: it's in real stony brook long island
1: don't this it's it's real to us but it's not real to these girls and it's certainly not real to the baby nation don't it's a fucking it's still a sore point listen i don't understand why you don't want to talk about wesley ellenberg man He's an interesting dude. Because he was a fucking nerd. He's very handsome. You know how I know
0: he's a nerd? It's stated right in the text. Is it? Yeah, it's my... Yeah, my bird of the week is uh, the following. We looked at him curiously. A student teacher will be taking. This is Mr. Zismore. Mm-hmm. Stacy's normal math teacher. As part of the master's program, oh sorry, it was a master's, not a PhD, but still very prestigious. <laughs> As part of the master's program at Stony Brook Community College, he went on. A student teacher will be taking over class for the last month. Most of the class groaned with disappointment. Oh fuck, I read the wrong passage. Shit, my <laughs> my tearful moment and my bird of the week were right in the same little <laughs> slot. So this is actually my <gasps> no tearful moment. And then followed very shortly by my...
1: (gasps) I'm not saying this shit along with you.
0: Uh, as part of the master's program at Stonebrook Community College, he went on, a student teacher will be taking over the class for the last month. Most of the class groaned with disappointment, but I could tell Mr. Z didn't expect that reaction. He had to force back a smile. I'm going to miss you too, he said, but I'll be back to administer your final exam. I'll also drop in a class from time to time to supervise. Poor Mr. Zismore. His students loved him so much, and he he had to, like, kind of choke back a little moment of, like, tearful pride that his students loved him so much.
1: That's that's the same fucking Zismore who failed Claudia.
0: Well, Claudia's a dumb idiot. (laughs) Uh, Us or her, someone called out. Mr. Z chuckled. Us both, after hearing that comment. And it's a him, not a her. His name is Mr. Ellenberg, and I expect you not to give him a hard time. These weeks are crucial. Mr. Ellenberg will finish the last unit and prepare you for the final. Mr. Ellenberg? Already I didn't like him. That name made me think of a nerd with no sense of humor. <laughs> That's it. That's a... <laughs> That's,
1: a... That's a... That's Stacy's burn on Mr. Ellenberg before she sees him.
0: Before she had met him, yeah, she said he is a nerd with no sense of humor.
1: And it's before also she learned that his first name was Wesley. Wesley. And that's pretty, that's good laryngous work, because Ellenberg by itself, Mr. Ellenberg, I can see, kind of nerdy math teacher, but Wesley Ellenberg is a dreamboat.
0: So I got already got my burn of the week out of the way, I got my tearful moment out of the way, I did my recap. Wow. Um, So what do you want me to do? Uh, I guess I'll let you kind of just take it from here. I'll just sit back and
1: rest on my laurels. Will you pay attention?
0: Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) What do you want me to do? You want me to do my tearful moment and my burn of the week? I did mine. How about, you know what, buddy? You've been talking for a long fucking time.
0: It's this, oh, wow, lifestyle.
1: (laughs) I get to do. It
0: really just opens me up.
1: (laughs) I get to do a tearful moment and a burn of the week now.
0: Yeah, but be pithy about it, huh? <laughs> I
1: don't even know what that means. Here's my tearful moment. It was Saturday morning, the long-awaited day of Elvira's arrival. Actually, we'd only met her four days before. So short-awaited would be more like it. Good comedy from Stacy there. Don's mom and Marianne's dad were off running errands, so we had the whole place to ourselves. Don and Marianne had made a long banner that said, Welcome Elvira, and I was helping them to drape it across the barn door. Inside the barn, we'd hung some ribbons, laid out some brand new tennis balls, and arranged a few baby bottles wrapped in a white ribbon. You got it. As a man who likes goats, yeah, they fucking, they like made, first of all, these babysitters make a banner for fucking everything.
0: Yeah. Well, they made two banners for this goat. One yeah. for when it arrived and one for when it
1: left. <laughs> that was my other tearful moment is when they, made a, <laughs> when they made a banner for when the goat left. And they also, like, Claudio bought the the goat. Like, the goat spent the whole time a- eating garbage. And Claudia bought the goat um, a bunch of junk food. Doritos, Twinkies, Snickers, and Milk Duds. And just let the goat fucking chow down on some... Uh, some junk food underneath a uh, a banner that she probably couldn't read that said goodbye, Elvira. Can goats get diabetes? I mean, I think if you probably if you if you feed them all of that shit, eventually, yeah. It
0: right, troubles me. I'm worried. Claudia is doing harm to this goat now. <laughs>
1: well, this I think that there's this this ties into something that does happen in this novel that's worth exploring, which is the connection between the a plot and the b plot. In the form of the Billy Goats Gruff, I think, and I haven't spent much time teasing this apart, so I'm hoping that you'll tease it apart with me, that in the fable of the Billy Goats Gruff, Stacy is the Billy Goats and Wesley Ellenberg is the troll.
0: In the Billy Goats Gruff,
1: yeah. the Billy Goats
0: are not allowed to cross a bridge because there's a troll living under it. Right. And if they try, the troll will try to eat them. Uh-huh. But they do anyway. Or do you really? I don't don't know, you don't
1: remember know. this fucking one? No, it's a pretty famous nursery. Yeah, room. I read it when I was a child. I'm 33. Okay, the Billy Goat's Gruff. Oh shit, I'm not sure I remember it either. They fucking they try to go over a bridge. There's a troll underneath, but they need to go over the bridge because there's gr- the grass is literally greener on the other side, and they they fool the troll. By each billy goat is is smaller than the la the next no bigger smaller
0: bigger than
1: <laughs> it's the opposite of bigger than the
0: last <laughs> each billy goat is bigger than the last yes no. is that what you were saying yeah that's
1: also true <laughs> well, say it like that then <laughs> look this I can't believe I'm explaining this fucking nursery rhyme to you it the goats go across the bridge and th-
0: so how do they get across then
1: the small goat is like hey listen troll don't eat me because you you'll lose your appetite and the next goat that's coming is is bigger and and better Pff,
0: typical uh baby boomer nursery rhyme you know let's just like let's just pass the buck let's uh the next generation will take care of it global warming not our problem troll that's the global warming yeah <laughs> The next goats
1: will take care of it. Oh, oh, is that is that a huge fucking deficit under the bridge? Well, oh maybe, maybe the, the next goat'll figure it out. Yeah.
0: And here we are now, twenty seventeen. <laughs> us young people, me and you, yeah. Barely into our thirties, <laughs> just like the new twenties. We're sitting here trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Anne, I see I see I hear you, Anne. I hear your, your plea. That's good stuff. You're one of the good ones, Anne. In a generation full of corrupt baby boomers.
1: Um, Biting,
0: biting social commentary.
1: Apologies to any baby boomers who listen to and enjoy. Ah, fuck them! Oh, okay. Fuck you, baby boomers. Look what you left us with. (laughs) Also, I think I may be a baby boomer.
0: No, I think your generation. I'm Gen X. I'm Gen X. Gen X. Gen X. It's the one Pepsi invented.
1: Okay, oh, I'm Generation Next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. And I am a millennial. Cool. Um, so anyway, in this metaphor, Mr. Ellenberg is a troll. Let me let me fucking tease out for you why I think that scans. Cause, oh, because
0: trolls are um, beautiful, kind of like... Stunning adonis's who you make your knees weak. Your mouth kind of turns to cotton when you're around them. Right?
1: I no. I don't think. Th- I think that's the, the opposite of what a troll is.
0: Uh, it seems like your theory doesn't really hold water. Then.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, do you know how metaphors work, Tanner? They don't have to work on like literally every level. Sorry, I'm just being combative because I'm fired up about these fucking baby boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Wesley Ellenberg, like Stacy. Goes up to Wesley Ellenberg on multiple occasions, gives him love poems. Oh yeah, <laughs> she writes a poem.
0: That was another one of my burns of the week. She gives him a poem, and he like doesn't know how to react. Uh, like a week <laughs> later, they haven't talked about it, they haven't addressed it, and she approaches him again, and she's like, uh, Mr. Ellenberg." He's like, "Oh, Stacy, um, you didn't write me another
1: poem, did you?" <laughs> <laughs> She gives him a poem. He's, he's like, oh, cool poem. The, like, the poem is just like about starry-eyed, literally about starry-eyed lovers. Uh, and he's like, oh, cool. She's like, uh, Mr. Ellenberg, um, I feel like you and I have been uh, getting closer over the past few days, and uh, I wanted to give you this poem. And instead of him being like, oh, hey, uh, Stace, uh, I think you got the wrong idea. I'm, uh, I'm a graduate student, and you're in middle school. He's yeah. like, oh, thanks, thanks for the poem. And then the next time she literally is like, hey, I have very strong feelings for you, and I think you reciprocate those feelings. And his response is, oh shit, I'm late for um, I'm late for the teachers' meeting. Uh, see you at the spring dance, right? That's like, I don't know if they they take like how to be around middle school students training in the early nineties, but that's not I don't think so. That's not how you do that.
0: Middle school students are scary and intimidating. Yeah, when you're They're another
1: like, middle school student.
0: No, even when you're an adult. I recently had to speak to a school of, like, a class of middle schoolers for Oh, dude, work. I did
1: too. They're, like, all
0: cool, and they have, like, fucking, like, vape pens and fidget spinners. and Like, I was just trying to walk down the hallway, and they were, like, on their Heelys, scooting past me, and, like... Blowing thick clouds of vape smoke in my face, (laughs) fidget spinning all over me. And I was like, ah, what the hell? Where am I? So I get it. it. I get Mr. Ellenberg's response.
1: I dig it. And now that you say that, I'm reminded of my friend asked me to speak at a middle school a few years ago about why I choose to be vegan Yeah, it's like it was one of these like super progressive schools for like super smart kids who are like they don't have normal classes. They just have like advanced debate.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I went up and I was like, "Hey, so here's like here's the deal with like why veganism is a good choice." Uh they fucking savaged me. They yeah. savaged me. The the teacher's like, "All right, that's that's enough, Jack." Did they make you rethink being a vegan? No, but they made me rethink talking to middle schoolers ever again. <laughs> they destroyed me. They just like twisted me up in knots. I like I didn't know what to say. Um this was before fidget spinners, but it was a similar experience.
0: Did they have Heelys
1: at least? I don't think they even had Heelys, man. This was in like this was a few years ago. Okay, shit moves fast. I don't know. I don't Probably, know what
0: they all had. Like Teddy Ruxpin's. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Did they all... And they would
0: like they would record their own tapes and make Teddy Ruxpin say swears. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i am evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient flexible suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch at any time no additional charge uh go Check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash-bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash-bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun.
1: Uh, So what am I in I did a tearful moment And now I'm doing You fucked up You fucked up all our segments today
0: I know It's those it's fucking a wet, It's a wet wild ride tonight It's these oh wows
1: Rose seltzers I'm like Kathy Lee and Hoda over here
0: <laughs> You just can't You can't hold me down
1: <laughs> Alright so you wanna burn for me Yeah Oh it's this fucking new dude It's this new Pete Oh yes Sid or whatever <laughs> What's his name Peter Hayes
0: Wait, Peter Hayes? There's a new dude called Peter Hayes. Who's Peter Hayes? Tell me about him.
1: <laughs> he's, he's a kid in the class, and the, uh, Stacy is speculating about whether Mr. Ellenberg is going to survive as a substitute teacher, uh, and her, her big worry is that he won't because of Peter Hayes. Uh, and here's the tale that she spins about the great Peter Hayes. The kids in this class have never been kind of substitutes. The last sub was a disaster. One kid, Irv, spent the period... Oh, fuck. Yeah, God that's my
0: guy, Irv. Irv. Irv is my b baller of the week. He's the coolest kid in the
1: world. All right. Who so the if this fuck dude is Peter Irv. Hayes, Jack? Did you just Peter- make that up? No, Peter Hayes does cool shit, too. It's a combo. It's a combo burn of Peter Hayes and Irv. Okay. These fuckers burn the substitute teacher so good. It's yeah. a combo. Yeah. A man named Irv is the player here uh, with his accomplice, Peter Hayes. The kids in the class have never been kind to substitutes. The last sub was a disaster. One kid, Irv, spent the period speaking with this strange foreign accent. The poor sub would answer him with slow, exaggerated sentences. She thought the class was laughing at Irv, not her. And each time she turned her back, Peter Hayes would toss a ballpoint pen up into the ceiling, trying to get it to stick into the acoustical tile. By the end of the period, three pens were hanging like stalactites. When the bell I'm rang, sorry? Pete... Com- By the end of the period, three pens were hanging like stalactites.
0: <laughs> you say it funny.
1: No, I don't. Yes, you do. Stalactites? Stalactites. <laughs> Woo! When the bell rang... Pete calmly stood on his desk and pulled them out, while Irv walked out with a smile, saying, Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed that lesson. In perfect English. Yeah. I guess it's more of a baller of the week than a burn of the week.
0: Very good, though. No, it was a good burn on that on that lame substitute teacher. And yeah. a baller of the
1: um, week. And uh, Wes Ellenberg. Wes Ellenberg. Uh, oh, he saw right through this facade. Sees right through it. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool accent, Irv. He uh, says, is that, "What is
0: uh, South of France. Can you do uh,
1: the northern coast? It's good. I. What can understand why? What Stacy sees in them?
0: Can I tell you something spooky? Yeah. I went to go capture a note about Irv.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I typed in Irv. Seems like a chill dude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My phone autocorrected Irv
1: mm-hmm.
0: to Orb. What? Can I try? Can I test it? You can try. I'm not sure if your autocorrect is like. I think autocorrect is like
1: self learning." Oh, and you've been texting orb to a lot of people. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to – all right. <laughs> I just texted you.
0: <laughs> I just, Baby Nation, I just got a text from Jack that just says, herb.
1: <laughs> That's good. Somebody sent us uh, – ba- new baby bees. Um, this series of books is replete with – bread with bees with dolls with ghosts with witches with soldiers with magnificent weapons with dream horses and with sentient purple orbs if you don't know that read the fucking books or listen to the back episodes so that's that's all you need to know but a number of baby bees sent us the following article this is a a literal article on an actual website the headline is Scientists discovered a glowing purple orb at the bottom of the ocean. They still have no idea what it is.
0: Did we already talk about this? Because I remember talking about the fact that scientists literally had to wrestle it from the hands
1: of a crab. (laughs) Yeah, that was you and I talking about it in our spare time. (laughs) (laughs) There was like a crab who wanted this glowing purple orb.
0: Yeah. And he was like, you can't have it,
1: scientists. (sighs) Ugh. Uh do you want to uh do a close reading of Stacy's poem? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got it pulled up here. Uh I'll start I'll start with a little preamble. It's it's in iambic tetrameter. I got to say, man, I thought it was kind of a good poem. No, it was fucking good. It's and it's and it it follows she makes she makes a change at the end. Uh, where she fucks up the meter a little bit um, in the in the in the later version, but uh, the earlier version is in basically in perfect iambic tetrameter. Which uh, I I was thinking about particularly famous poems that follow iambic te- oh, tetrameter. Oh yeah,
0: no no no, yeah, I could think of a thousand. But... The
1: obvious one that comes to mind is Tennyson's In Memoriam. In
0: Memoriam, right?
1: Um, for that's right. His... that's
0: that was a very obvious one that came to me too.
1: Yeah, his great elegy for um for Arthur Henry Hallam, his his friend at Cambridge. Um the other one I think uh Onegin Pushkin's Onegin is um Negatron. I loved Pushkin's Negatron. Mm. And then Blake uh writes uh, in trochaic tetrameter. Um so Tiger Tiger Burning Bright in particular a lot of the Songs of Innocence. I think well at least that one in the Songs of Innocence and Experience is trochaic tetrameter. Um but this is uh it was it was an interesting choice by stacy uh to follow follow in the footsteps of giants, uh particularly Tennyson uh you
0: know what one of my favorite ones was uh,
1: what Wordsworth oh really I wandered lonely
0: as a cloud that floats on high or days and hills when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils.
1: Jesus, did you just have that yeah to no hand? I know
0: yeah, 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 no.
1: I wandered lonely as a cloud. Yeah. That's uh, that's very impressive.
0: I love Henry Lay's Not Quite Fair as well. Very good <laughs> example of you know, iambic Tetramino.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what that sounds like is the neutrinos.
0: Tetramino is technical name for uh, the blocks in Tetris.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. For the same reason, because tetra is the root that means four. Oh, Yeah. Wow. um okay, good. So we talked about that way longer than I thought we were going to, but let's <laughs> di- let's dive into the poem itself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless you want to talk more about Wordsworth. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's I've got it queued up. I see two stars in summer's night. What do you think that is? I think I mean star-crossed lovers. That's 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 what she says.
0: Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare. Romeo
1: and Juliet. Hey, I don't I don't have anything to say here. I'm flying blind. I need you to help me with this close reading.
0: Well, I'm already doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> i got the Romeo and Juliet referenced. Okay, good.
1: And Summer's Night too. I guess that's probably also Shakespeare because it's it's a an inversion of Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day.
0: Or it could be a midsummer's
1: night dream. Oh, that's good too. That's good too. Blinding, hovering, lost in light. That's a weird one. Lost in light.
0: Blinding, hovering, lost in light. Could be a reference to the 1979 Steven Spielberg film, Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a
1: blinding light. Could be a reference to the Bruce Springsteen song, Blinded by the Light. I mean, traditionally, light is something that helps you find the way, right? Mm. But Stacy is lost in it. That's interesting.
0: Yep. Uh, Could be a reference to Gandalf. Oh, I was thinking.
1: I was thinking Standing Lord of the up Rings to the too. Balrog. It feels to me like uh, Mr. Ellenberg has this sort of he has this power over Stacy that is similar to the voice of Saruman. Oh, okay. Um, and Stacy tends to bring in Lord of the Rings mythology ever since Stacy's missing ring. We've kind of been keeping right. an eye on that. Right. Um, but but Ellenberg, unprompted, reminded me of that that particular. Uh, so maybe that's what the reference is there. Yeah, Tolkien does a lot of poetry. Tolkien does a lot of poetry. Each so dull in heaven's net. Heaven's I don't know what net. that is. Heaven's net, that's troubling.
0: Yeah, that's worrying.
1: I mean, heaven's net may just be the stars. So each remains as yet unmet. But fortune moves in strangest ways. Fortune is such a common theme in these Stacy books. Stacy's Choice is a book in particular where we explore the idea of fate. Fate is something that's very important to Stacy. She says earlier in this book, Where was I? Oh, yes, pre-algebra. That fateful May morning in Mr. Zismore's class. Why do I say fateful? You'll find out. That's how the book opens. So fate is already... She feels that she's fated to end up with Mr. Ellenberg, but she's right. fucking not because he's a 22-year-old graduate student, and she's in middle school. Right. All right, we'll rush through the last lines. It lengthens nights, it shortens days. May this night end, and day begin. I tell you what, man, that sounds like it's ripped right from the Green Lantern Oath. Yeah, I thought that too. In brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. In brightest brightest day in blackest night. Dude, that shit is iambic tetrameter as well. No evil shall evil shall shall escape
0: my sight. Let those who worship evil's might uh evil e uh, 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 uh be where my power green lanterns light,
1: yeah, all right, so that's what the reference is,
0: uh, of course, we already know that Anne
1: is loves a, is the a green Lantern the fan mythology. of green lantern, yeah, 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 may this night end and day begin, and bring two lovers back again, Stacy, it's not gonna fucking happen,
0: I often refer to my wife as my lover, and she hates it why why is that i, th- I think it's gross, I think it evokes. I think, like, it maybe implies that we're, like, in some kind of triad
1: or... An open relationship.
0: Some kind of open relationship, right. Right, right, right. It feels like I'm inviting that person into our lovemaking.
1: hmm Does and it ever I'm not, work? I'm
0: not. No, no, no. I'm not interested.
1: <laughs> well, maybe one day, man. You just got to kind of keep trying with that stuff.
0: No, I, I'm not
1: interested. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw the ice storm. I know what happens.
1: <laughs> um... Stacey ends up going to the dance with Wesley Ellenberg.
0: No. False. She goes, she goes to the dance. She goes to the dance, Doe. She, re-
1: yeah, She Doe, which I think is something that Anna Martin or Pete Lorraine just thinks they made up, but I'm sure it's not the first time that that... that
0: well, Stacy made it up.
1: Stacy made it up. It's right. Doe instead of Stag. She rejects Sam Thomas. She lo- fucking lies to him. Right. Uh, I and. Mean- ends-
0: is it a lie? Yeah. Wes, Wes
1: kind of does, he doesn't really ask her, but he, like, implies. He does a bet. This is what I've been trying to get at, and this is why I think in some ways that he is a troll-type character. He is, a, he is predatory rather than, like, bumbling and innocent. It's fucking weird that he doesn't nip the shit in the pud early on. right. Stacy's like, hey, I think I'm in love with you. And he's like, oh, <laughs> see you at the spring dance. That is not the appropriate response. But she fucking, on his behalf, after that kind of half rejection, she lies to Sam Thomas. It seems like things are kind of cooling between them. Sam says, do you want to go to the dance? And Stacy says, like, fucking freaks out. Right. And then is like, oh, actually, uh... I uh I have a date. I'm so sorry. And right. Sam's someone like someone else already asked. <laughs> Sam, in like typical Sam Thomas fashion, is like, okay, cool. Thought I'd ask, right?
0: <laughs> and then some other like girl immediately, yeah, calls him. Is like, you want to go with me? He's like, yep. Sounds good. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, at the dance, Wes Ellenberg continues to lead Stacy on. Yeah. And she's like, "Hey, Wes, can I have a dance?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, totally." And like that song, um, "You're Making It Hard for Me" about getting an erection on the dance floor comes on. <laughs> it's not in the book. It's not stated explicitly in the book that that's the song that comes on, <laughs> but like we can assume that that's the song that comes on. And and Wes is like, "Yeah, let's get out there and dance." And they're like dancing, and Stacy's like, "This is going great." Uh, he's totally into me. They dance for a number of songs. Everyone is like watching them. They're the stars of the the prom. Then a slow song comes on, and Stacy's like, "Wes, may I have this dance?" And he's like, "Sorry, Stacy, uh, I'm very tired. I'm gonna sit this one out." And she's like, "No, it has to be this one. This is the only slow song they've played tonight." Yeah. And then and then finally, after all that, Wes is like, "Listen, Stacy, you're 13. I'm 22. Let's not do this."
1: This yeah. is yucky. <laughs> and fucking Stacy is like dumbfounded. Yeah, Stacy did not see this coming. Somehow. Did you solve the fucking mystery, Stacy? She she says like three quarters of the way through the book. I had realized what our problem was. As a teacher, he was forbidden to get involved with students.
0: No, the problem is he's 22, <laughs> Stacy. And you're a 13-year-old girl. Yeah,
1: that's the fucking problem. He's not interested in you, Stacy. He's not interested in you. You're no. lucky that Sam Thomas is interested in you. Yeah, um, and she just casts him aside like so much baggage,
0: like so much volleyball.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go home to your wife, Tanner. My wife's not even home. She's at a play tonight. Um, well, in that case, but in that I don't want to keep
0: recording. We've been recording for an hour and twenty five minutes.
1: In that case, let's do a little fashion talk. <gasps>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Claudia's closet.
1: I just thought we should talk a little bit about the fashions in this book. I didn't book. pick any up. Literally uh, not a word of it. I have a shitload of notes this week.
0: None of them are about fashion.
1: This segment is called Claudia's Closet, but it's it's we're going to talk about um, what some of the other girls are wearing this week. Um, I have two reasons that I wanted to discuss with you the following description of what Stacy wears to the dance, which is also captured by Hodges Swallow, I believe, on the cover of this novel. Here's what she's wearing, and I have two reasons I want to talk to you about it. One, I don't understand what any of the words mean. In her description of what she's wearing,
0: you need you need fashion expert Tanner Green I rings. need
1: fashion expert Tanner Greenwings. Sage Ring advice on this one. to kind of to to kind of paint a picture for me. Uh, and two, it's got a fucking awesome Pete Larange's Empire Strikes Back reference in it.
0: Do you think Pete is a
1: obviously? Yeah, he fucking it's a dope reference. Here, check it out. Stacy's describing her so like her mom who works at like this like upscale department store now. Right. got her like a a sweet sweet discount on a very very lovely number. Mm-hmm. It was a calf-length silk cotton dress with pastel floral print, a scoop neck and a sheer-sheered skirt that was slit to above the knee on one side. "I love it," I cried out. "I know," mom replied. "What is it what's the thing you said a sheer-sheered skirt?" Sheared, S H I R R E D. So I don't know what a scoop shired. neck is, and I don't know what sheared.
0: I think scoop neck is where it, it's it's low cut here on the.
1: Okay, baby, nation. it's a plunging. He, said, he says here he's descri- he's pointing to he's pointing to his torso. He's making like a kind of a V, a V a motion. It's a low
0: cut. It's a it's a, it's a um, what do you call it? plunging neckline?
1: Okay. Why? Why but, wouldn't you say but, that? But but but
0: but, Jack, mm-hmm. there's some extra fabric there oh. that kind of bunches up down on the plunging like neckline. I'm I'm almost certain that that's what it's That's what a scoop
1: neck is. I think so. Okay, and what do you think is a, a sheared skirt?
0: Uh, well, Bart, Bart Bashir. Mm-hmm. So probably like. Um,
1: oh. Okay. Good. Yeah.
0: Like what the women in a league of her own wear.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, so it's baseball themed.
0: Like a baseball skirt.
1: Okay. Okay. That's cool. That sounds like a good outfit. Right. And then you catch that cool Star Wars reference? Uh loved it. I love it. I cried out. I know, Mom replied. Right. Got good it. stuff.
0: Very good. That was um Empire Strikes Back, yeah, you you yep. got that one. Classic. And you know, know why LA? they froze. Hey, you know why they froze Han and, and Kryptonite, yeah?
1: Carbonite. What did I say? (laughs) He said kryptonite, you son of a bitch. And you know what, motherfucker? If, if you fucking, if whoever edits this leaves in the part where I mispronounce stalactite, that person, out of a sense of fucking honor, has to keep in fucking Mr. like geek god Tanner Greenring saying they froze on in kryptonite. You son of a bitch, you got your comeuppance.
0: It's because it's because Harrison Ford wasn't sure he wanted to sign on for a third movie. That's your joke. It's not a joke. It's just a it's just a factoid. You read it. You said it like it was going to be a
1: joke. Oh no, this is falling apart. No. <laughs> Listen, I just want to tell you what Jesse was wearing, and then we can move. We can move on to, with our lives to
0: the outro. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> Jesse is wearing. Wow, what an outfit, Jesse says to Stacy. You two, I replied, Jesse looks sensational in an indigo blue unitard with a matching open mesh oversized cardigan.
0: Ugh, that sounds like a fucking train wreck.
1: I don't I mean look, I'm trying my best to picture this. But take a second and do the thought experiment that I did and actually imagine that. A unitard. I assume that's like that's like a wrestling like a wrestling singlet. <laughs> and it's indigo blue, so she's uh-huh. wearing like a wrestling singlet and matching. So it's also indigo blue, oversized,
0: yeah, m- mesh, mesh cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesse wore to the dance. That's a cool look. <laughs> oh man, what a good visit to Claudia's closet. I'm gonna go home. Do you want to get the fuck out of here? I what? That's what you're telling love. Me. To get the fuck out of here. Hopefully, this week we are not arm. plagued with audio troubles. Uh, or
1: fucking goddamn dirt dauber wasps.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to be plagued by either. We've been having some audio troubles lately, uh, Baby Nation. We apologize for that.
1: Yeah, we but sure have. But
0: this week is going to sound crisp and clean because we're on our shit. Jack took an hour to get ready, and hopefully that will pay off in good, clean audio.
1: It feels like you took an hour to get ready, too, in your own way. I took an hour to get right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kenner, let's get the fuck out of here.
0: You know what I just thought of? It's 10.50 p.m. here, which is fine. I'm allowed to be this drunk at 10.50 p.m. (laughs) Kathy Lee and Hoda are this drunk at, like, (laughs)
1: 7.50
0: a.m. every day.
1: Well, and that's why they're masters of their fucking craft. What a life they lead. They are 15 hours better at what they do than we are. Maybe their whole timetable is just
0: shifted 15 hours.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, Well, they're national treasures.
0: We should get Mario Batali on our show. He'll do some fun vegan recipes for you.
1: I want to tell Baby Nation something. Baby Nation, I both love and kiss you very much. This week... I have been Jack Shepherd.
0: I've been Tanner Green. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this week, we read a book called Stacy's Big Crush. Next week, we're reading a book called Made Mary Ann.
0: From Robin Hood.
1: Oh, yeah, possibly. Maybe that's the reference. Uh, it's going to be a Mary Ann book. Sounds like it probably will be pretty good, clean, babysitting fun.
0: Great. Uh, love the character Made Mary Ann from... Uh, <laughs> Robin Hood, the Disney movie.
1: Great. Baby Nation, despite how Tanner is behaving right now, I would love for you to uh, dig deep and find it in your hearts to give us a nice review and rating on iTunes.
0: Yes, and please do continue to tell your friends about our show. Send them an episode that you like. This one could be this one. Could be any of them.
1: (laughs) Makes no Uh, difference to us. Thank you for tuning in. We're leaving now. We're going. We're leaving. We're both leaving now. I'm going to say the sign out. Goodbye.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Before we go, one more thing. We have a special song uh, for our outro today that was made for us by Baby BJ, an actual high school student who listens to our show and decided to make this beautiful outro
1: that you're about to hear. Uh, So thank you, Baby BJ. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. She feels this like guilt weighing on her and probably like a thousand fan letters every day that are just like, "Hey, I love I love the series, but I don't really feel represented."
0: I just don't think that there's that many redheads in the world.
1: <laughs> like all her Scottish
0: listeners were, or, or Scottish readers were like, I, I didn't see any, any red-haired babysitters. Wow, is that a- an Aberdonian accent? <laughs> <laughs> um, Baby Nation, if you have not done this, I recommend that you go seek out, do a quick Google search for Scottish Twitter, because it is the...
1: It's the best Twitter.
0: The, the funniest thing in the world. Scots are so good at fucking Twitter.
1: Yeah, they've they, they've mastered the they've mastered the art form in a way that's just like we're like we right now are essentially tweeting in the Stone Ages. Right, right. And in Scotland, it has evolved into a thing that we almost don't, aren't equipped to comprehend.
0: Right, we're we're like ants on the highway.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's good
0: stuff. How were we talking about? Can't remember.